All right, we are back again, back like we never left, Nick. And uh, my name is Derek. If this is your first time listening, thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, I've got a scholar sitting in front of me today, not just with the Bible, but with many things, including, but not limited to, CrossFit, um, growing a great beard, uh, swag out the out the wazoo. Um, man, what other things? Uh, anything cinnamon, as we discussed uh, last episode. A man of many talents, Nick Rucker, everybody. Uh, he's got a, a one more scripture for us, and then there's going to be a few days in between now and next time he's on the podcast, but he'll be back. Uh, he you know, he's, he doesn't have much of a choice. He's right here next to me, so I'll just bug him um, in the office next to me until he comes back over here and does more. But always great insights. Last episode was really good. I'm excited to hear what, what God spoke to you through today's text. So, Nick, will you read today's text? Is Mark chapter 5. 1 through 20, if you don't mind reading it for us and then just telling us what you got out of it. I appreciate it, Derek. Uh, Thank you for welcoming me back. Uh, This is round two, as he's already said. Uh, Let me say this before I get going. Uh, Now that Derek has lied to you guys about (laughs) the biblical scholar and all of in CrossFit, now he did tell you the truth about the cinnamon stuff. That is an addiction of mine, but he lied about all the other stuff. Now that the lies have passed, now I can give you some truth. Some some biblical truth. Um, But, uh, but seriously, I, I've been given, uh, this time is Mark 5, verses 1 through 20. And this is a story of Jesus restoring a demon-possessed man. It's actually one of my favorites. There's a lot of things that we can take out of this. But I just have a few things. I won't take a lot of your time today, but I have a few things that I want to kind of uh, bring to light. And, and hopefully, um, you'll be able to take something from it and um, it'll be helpful for you. So, beginning in verse 1, it says, They went across the lake to the region of the Gerizines. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send him out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came... When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not tell 
Jesus did not let him, but said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him and all the people, all the people were amazed. That's a lot. That's a mouthful. Uh, but like I said, that, there's a lot of things to this story that we can pull out. We can talk about the demon-possessed man. We can talk about, uh, you know, there are a lot of questions about why did Jesus give permission to the demons to go into the pits? Why did he just destroy them? Um, you know, first of all, you know, sometimes when we get so big and wanting to destroy bad stuff, we can also destroy good aspects as well right. and so that's one side of it you know i've um read some uh, perspectives that you know it just kind of shows that demons are always looking for uh, uh, a live body to possess and so that there's all the speculation in terms of that a but branches there's a lot of branches you can go and so but the big answer is there are a lot of things we don't know so I tend to, you know, I, I say it in the form of I like to keep things simple. But what that really means when I say that is, is there are a lot of question marks. There's a lot of things that we don't know about scripture and about life. So, so many. But so but there are some things that we do know. And so what I like to do is stick to the things that I do know. And so when I read this story, there are several things um, that I do know that sticks out and it kind of screams at me that I want to kind of shed light on today. And these things that I know, I know about Jesus because I read about him, but also I've experienced these things um, walking with him in relationship. And so this comes down to a versus or a a. Um, something against something else. Mm -hmm. And the two words that I come up with is this story is mainly about compassion versus judgment. Now, when you read the story, it talks about this guy. He's been living among the tombs, you know, um, which means he's alone. He, he has lost his mind. Okay. Yeah. The spiritual, um, articula articulation is that he's demon possessed. Mm -hmm. But you know, if you ask the science world, they will say, okay, he may be mentally ill or some things of that nature. But either way, again, what we do know is this guy is not in his right mind. He um, He's living among the tombs. He's alone. He's crying out day and night. He is harming himself. Um, and there are many, there are many approaches that one would take to this man. I know my approach would have been very different than Jesus's. Uh, my approach would have been judgment. My approach would have been um, a fear which would have caused defensiveness. It would have put me on the defensive right. with this guy. But Jesus chose compassion. Um, but that's how Jesus sees us. He doesn't, you know, um, the Bible tells us that he doesn't look at man like man looks at man. He looks at the heart. Jesus was able to look through all of this craziness, all of this torment, and see through straight through this man's tormented soul. And that led to his compassion, which led to him ultimately healing this guy. And um, for those of you who are listening and you like to take notes or whether it be physical notes or mental notes, just write this down because this is what this is what came to me um, as I uh, think about this story. I says compassion causes us to see things that judgment blinds us from mm. and see what are the things that Jesus saw that if someone that kind of had more of a judgmental standpoint would have completely missed. Um, the first thing I wrote down is that this guy was tormented. Scripture actually specifically uses the word impure. Now, um, 
Jesus was able to see that. He could have looked and said, listen, he could have focused on the fact that fact that this guy couldn't be contained. He right. couldn't be chained. He was crazy. This, this, you know, the, the Bible doesn't say that, but what the implication of this man was really strong. He was kind of a scary dude. He was out of control. And so um, Jesus could have chose to see those things in the word impure. And I think, you know, in, in, in the world of church, it's really easy to look at someone as being impure or pure. And we make those rash judgments without even knowing the person's true story. And see, with this guy, yeah. yes, he was demon-possessed, but we don't know, you know, demons could mean anything. Demon could represent real demons in the spiritual world. Right. Demons could represent bad situations. How people say, yeah, I'm fighting my demons. Right. That just represents darkness, a certain darkness or a stronghold that they're dealing with. But we don't know what this man his demon was particularly, although it says, you know, the demons speak. Okay, well, legion, I'm legion, legion, for we are many. We're told that, but or we how don't. How he got in the situation? Yeah, we don't. We we have no idea. I mean, because I know people, or I've heard stories. I don't. Well, I do know one guy personally. He had a normal everyday life like anyone else, or what we would consider normal. Things have happened to him, and he hasn't been able to pull it together. And so, for people who don't know his situation, we just look at him and write him off as a crazy guy who can't get his can't get his life together or he's just on drugs or he's demonic whatever it is that we will affix to a person without knowing their story but because i know his whole story it causes me to look at him with compassion and jesus looked at this guy with compassion um and because he saw him with compassion judgment would have caused him to want to distance himself judgment would have caused him to want to um make up an excuse for not wanting to be around him and in church world, what are we told? You know, that person is living this kind of life. We need to what stay away from them. But this story here shows us that we're not to run away in the power of the Lord. We are to engage people with the love of Christ. Uh, because here, although this man was struggling with all these things, he was still, Jesus saw him as someone who was still worthy of his love, yeah. his mercy, and his grace. And so what does he do? He heals this guy. And so when I when I think when I look at this story, that's what stands out to me among everything is that how and, and I personally I need to know that. I need to know that no matter how ugly it gets, no matter how impure, no matter how destructive mm -hmm. that I can be, because all of us can be all of those things at any given time in our lives. We can be destructive, we can be impure. We can be out of our minds, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But for me, I need it gives me peace to know that, you know, God forbid I were to ever find myself because I'm not exempt because I'm a pastor. I've been walking the Lord. Nobody's above it. Nobody's above it. I am not exempt from being like this man. Right. It gives me incredible peace to know that if I were to find myself in that situation, that I have a Lord mm -hmm. that will not only meet me where I am, mm -hmm. not only show me compassion instead of judgment, but he can set me free from those yeah, things. That helps you trust God to know that even if I was that far gone, that God would still show compassion to me. Absolutely. Yeah. And the thing is, is with Christ being a rabbi, him being in the tombs, he shouldn't have been around any form of death. That that would have made him unclean. But yeah. Jesus wasn't concerned about how he how things looked. And I love the way this this passage ends. This man is sitting there and in his right mind is what the scripture says. Yeah. That means he was completely healed beforehand. And that what a great uh, witness and testimony to the people 
who he was running back to tail because they knew him before. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of the story of the blind man who was once blind but now can see, and he's getting all of these complex questions about who did this and who did that. And the man basically says, look, I don't know. Yeah. All I know is that I couldn't see a while ago, and yeah, now yeah, I can see. Right. This guy, people clearly knew he was out of his right mind, and nobody could fix him or handle the situation. But now, because he's encountered a loving Savior, yeah. He's in his right mind, and he's set free. Yeah, and I, I mean, this this image of this guy is that he's basically running around naked, that you know nobody can bound him, yep. not even a chain, um, and then now he's sitting there in his right mind, dressed, dressed. which I thought was a pretty Absolutely. interesting detail. Jesus right. didn't just heal him; he he got him, he got him covered swag, him, yeah. covered him, yeah, yeah. And 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 I think to go not to prolong the conversation, but to go um, into the application of how that affects us, you know, I think. What's funny is uh, he goes back and tells the people, but verse 15 says they see him sitting there. He had been possessed, and he's sitting there dressed in his right mind, and they were afraid. Right. They were afraid of the change that had happened in him. And it's funny, too, um, you know, the the demons are put into the pigs, right? Mm -hmm. The pigs run off, which was probably a lot of money. money. And this was their livestock. Um, And... So once that happens, verse 16 says, those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Right. Then the people began to beg Jesus to leave to their leave. region. Right. So this man has changed, and their response was, Jesus, you got to go. Right. You healing this man has completely, and showing him compassion, has affected our lives. Absolutely. Um, and made us uncomfortable. Doesn't that speak to something deeper? Yeah. And that's in all of us. Is because that, what's more important is the man, obviously. Right. But obviously to them it wasn't. We had to ask ourselves. I mean, that's a great point. We had to ask ourselves, what's most important? Because we can get caught up in the details a lot of times. I mean, of all of that beauty that took place, they chose to see something else you know they tell them to leave and it's like and i and it does say they're afraid i think they're afraid is because now that this man is healed before when he was out of his mind they had something to judge they had something to talk about it made them feel better about themselves now that he's healed there is there is no more story about this guy other than good news and i think as a people we're wired to tell bad news so now they don't they don't have anything to talk about now yeah. other than Christ, which is what showed that, wow, Jesus, you working in our lives has completely ruined things for yeah. us in multiple ways. And so it was almost like a neighborhood spe- like spectacle. You oh, know absolutely. I mean? he, he had been there. He had lived among the tombs. I mean, nobody had people had, you know, tried to help him but day and night. He's there. I mean, people knew who this guy was. Yeah. And how long he had been there, and now that he was healed, you know, that was just as scary, more scary than him, you know, being that spectacle. I guess. Well, I think it it kind of shows us that, um, you know, how many of us we kind of marvel and we laugh at other people's downfall, mm-hmm. but that's not funny at all to right. Jesus, and um, his compassion is what draws him to take care of that. Not, I mean, partially to shut us up, mm-hmm. but also partially. To care for that person because that person, that person, that person has value, and that person, that's still a life there, and so, you know, when Jesus comes in and he and he has now healed this man, he's making a he's making a pretty bold statement that nobody's outside of his reach, yeah. that um, that this man does deserve 
um, a relationship with him. He deserves to be touched by him. He deserves to be loved by him, even though everybody else had written him off as being a um, what, what what word am I looking for? A lost cause? Lost cause. There's no such thing as lost cause with the Lord, and there's no such thing as being out of his reach. And I think this story this story shows that. Yeah. And uh, so if, All the stuff he did, too. I mean, just the fact that he lived among the tombs, that he had been trying to be bound and would break all the shackles, that he would cut himself with the stones, that he was screaming, acting crazy. Um, and yet Jesus ignored all of his issues and went to the root of what was causing yep. some of the stuff. And and the man was better for it. And you know, with him leaving, and I think we do this sometimes in our churches, we choose, this is crazy to say it this way, but it's true, we choose pigs yep. over presents. Right. That's Instead right. of having God's presence, we'd rather have our pigs. Yep. And it's almost mm-hmm. similar to the flipping of the tables in the temple mm-hmm. where we've set up this this. You know, in our churches, we've set up um, this, I don't know, this thing that really isn't what God wanted it to be. And instead of God coming and messing up our country club, we'd rather have the country club. Absolutely. And uh, that's exactly what it seems like happened. Because, and don't get me wrong, I mean, it's easy for me to say that when that their whole living, you know, was in those pigs. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to downplay that. Right. It hurt, you right. know, and... I mean, if I was there and I seen that and my whole well-being was in those pigs and I'd be like, glad you healed, bro, but I'm, bro- I mean, what am I going to do? I mean, now it's like, God, you know, the question is, you know, for them probably was, Jesus, what, what are we, sp- I mean, I'm glad you did that, but what are we supposed to do now? And just trusting God with, we're not here as, you know, and this is, again, is just a metaphor for the church, but as the church, we're not here to sell pigs. We're not here to entertain. It's not about making everybody feel good it's not about making ourselves feel good right. and you know and and being comfortable it's it's about you know people's lives being changed and sometimes that costs us things mm-hmm. sometimes that doesn't make us comfortable right. sometimes that makes us not have another step but what matters is that this man's life was changed and that's all that, that's what Jesus came to do and that's what we're supposed to be doing as his church so pigs or presents that's the choice that we get Super yeah. good stuff. Anything else you want to add before we wrap it up? Um, no. Um, as much as, um, I guess one thing is this, just challenging people, the listeners, to to begin to ask themselves questions. And one question is, what is a life worth to you? Mm. Like, what is a person worth to you? And because what that does is it, it, it helps us not be so quick to discount them or to devalue them. Yeah. You know, because it, it is, I can I can certainly understand how the people would have been upset with the pigs because of their livelihood. Sure. But at the same time, it's like you have a life over here that you can't, I mean, you can't ignore their livelihood, but you can't ignore this life either. Right. And so. That's far what, more valuable. That's far more valuable. And what do you choose? Yeah. What do you choose at the end of the day? And so that's the question I, I want to kind of leave people with for you to kind of chew on today. And, and we just encourage you to go to God with it and just ask yourself, just play with it, experiment it. What would you do in that situation? Would you choose the pigs or would you choose this man who had been tormented? Because that will tell how we answer that question will reveal a lot more about our heart yeah. than we've ever realized. It does, and it affects how we experience God's presence. And it's not a right or wrong. Right. It's, it's just, just where be being honest, where being honest. Yeah. Because you know that's that's where we start. So yeah. well, if we want to, and if we if we're gonna say we want to experience God's presence in our life. 
We've got to let go. We got. We can't let. We can't have the pigs. pigs. It's got to be about the absolutely yeah. every single time. Because so. that vertical and horizontal relationship, uh, relationship with people and love God, love people. They're yep. so deeply connected. Yeah, absolutely. We experience God through loving other people. Amen. Um, so, anyways, super good stuff, man. This was a really good one. Thank you for for being on these Appreciate last two episodes and. Uh, man, what the, just a scholar. Uh, he's lying again. <laughs> you got the truth. So it's a, it's a lie, truth, lie sandwich is what that is. It's a truth in the middle. You just got to get to it. So Amen. we got it. All right, bro. <laughs> we'll have you back soon. Uh, thank you for joining. Thank you for listening. Thanks for the feedback. I've been super encouraged by it. Uh, and I, some of you guys were mentioning Chris. Uh, he did a great job. Big thanks to him again for joining. Thank you, Nick. We're going to get some more folks to uh, to be on this, man. I think it's it's helpful to get different perspectives other than mine on the podcast. So thank you for listening. Uh, again, Nick, of course, is our pastor here at Impact Church. He's doing a great job leading us. If you want uh, information about our church, it's impactheartwell.com. Uh, Sundays at the YMCA at 11 o'clock. We're on a kind of a unique schedule right now on when we're meeting. So Download our app or the website or Facebook if you want more information about our church. You don't have to go to our church to listen to this. But uh, since, you know, you're the pastor, I figured I'd, I'd throw that out there. This episode is sponsored by CrossFit and Impact Church and Cinnamon. Baby. Oh, Contemporary Athletics and Cinnamon. Anyways, all right. Thanks for listening, guys. Hope you have a great day.